Welcome back to another episode of This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try to not rate movies. Now, there is a certain opinion out there that there is an objective opinion about a movie, and we're here to prove them right by going through a series of gauntlets and consistently and consistently failing at that. So we haven't really proven them right yet, but we're still trying. This week, we are going over a very uh, hotly... It's not uh, getting any easier this week. It's not getting any easier this week. Uh, we're going over a highly anticipated film. Uh, years? Almost decades? Almost a decade in, in the making, I think. When More did the... than a decade. 13 years, Curtis. 13 years. So... It's 2009. So which movie are we talking about today, Eric? Avatar, The Way of Water. All right, yeah. It's about the avatars that had kids learning the way of water. Yep. So, that said, are you ready? Are you ready for the gauntlet this time around? I am, but first I wanted to help announce a sort of rebrand that we're going through. We are... Still a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, but mm-hmm. that new title is actually the Drive-In Podcast Network. We are just the drive-in moving forward, folks. You want to tailgate and follow football? You want to go to a drive-in movie theater? We cover both of these things in multiple different ways. And so you can see, you know, us at the same places that you used to go to. You're mm-hmm. just going to start hearing a different title. So... Welcome right. back to This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network. So, Eric, is Avatar The Way of Water a good movie? You did something a few episodes ago by looking up the critics' consensus and finding some factual details uh, with Wally that you know like with critics consensus on one movie and then found the the factual details with wally on another one uh avatar the way of water mm-hmm. is a very long mm-hmm. blockbuster featuring explosions and uh action sequences that are expected of blockbuster as a description of 10 full films of subgenre or whatever i recorded earlier tonight for a branch of the drive-in podcast network all right and the consensus of those involved being three people out of four mm-hmm. was that they enjoyed their experience watching the movie that is more than half. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, out of this three-hour and 15-minute film, what's the best scene? When the dad says, I see you now. <laughs> oh, that, that part. Um, you know, if you, want, if you want to edit around this... I, that, Every scene in this movie that I like mm-hmm. is either because of how it's delivered, but the scene itself is not necessarily like stand out, or it's because I love the concept of what's going on, but not necessarily the delivery. So 
you know, all of that is my subjective opinion of it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm way out on this one, but when I realized what deep, deep water I was in with the first question, I didn't think I was going to make it past this one. Ah. So, um, yeah, because the, the, when you're talking about the best scene in the movie, I ultimately, I think it speaks to the, uh, primary narratives of the movie that being jake sully's second the middle child the second son Mm -hmm. and the revenge of the actor who i can always remember his name when i'm not thinking about it from don't breathe yeah uh stephen lang stephen lang's character those Mm -hmm. two things are pushing this whole story into being one cohesive story and so that pinpoint moment, that sort of mini climax of the story that is not a big explosion. It's this really intimate moment mm-hmm. of Jake Sully saying, I see you now to his son. Mm-hmm. Just really, really, really worked for me. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've put out a video where I'm wearing these things the whole time. And so I guess people will be able to see my eyes now because that's the whole joke in that. Yep. is yeah so but you know i wanted to watch this because it's the sequel to avatar yeah that's the main reason why a lot of people wanted to watch this it's a sequel that they were promised uh like a year after avatar came out and they didn't get it until 13 years later it's mm-hmm. basically kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> for, for movies <laughs> yeah it is it's kind of like the kingdom hearts 3 but you know what? It did feel big like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep it short and simple, my my thoughts on this were that it felt like mythically large in a way that was really satisfying and felt like a massive event to where I'm looking forward to the next one on a scale of something like the, the main Avengers movies or Lord of the Rings or something like that. This really right. did tip the balance for me into feeling like these are like monumental movies, like filmmaking milestones. So... Right. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think they're the most it's the most personally important work of art or anything like that, but Right. Yeah. What about you? Uh I mean, I basically watched this because it was the uh the the thing coming out. Uh I I saw Avatar like one time many many years ago and thought it was all right, and if I wanted to watch that story, I could always fall back on these other things. With yeah. Avatar, yeah. With, uh, I got a question for you. Did you see Avatar 2009 in theaters? I never saw it in theaters. That is a huge thing. See, the the thing about this with James Cameron, with this one and with 2009, mm-hmm. is that they are technical achievements almost more than they are supposed to be achievements in making a movie. Right. The The stories are very simple. Save, save the Earth. This mm-hmm. one, Save the Oceans. Yes. The, the point is when Avatar came out in 2009, they had never once done that motion capture technology before. Right. The point was they had never done 3D as immersively as that before. So you actually missed a huge aspect of the, like, the point of the movie by missing it in theater. Right, sure. And that's a rough thing to say, because in the end, you are you know famously left with either Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas, Take Your Pick, mm-hmm. with, you know... <clears throat> minor changes here and there i, I could always fall, fall back on, on, on that old george lucas quote back when he was first ma- uh making star wars where 
you know, uh, special effects without a story is a pretty boring thing. And mm-hmm. as as visually stunning as as the first Avatar is, the the story is very baseline, and it's a three hour story that's very simplistic that could have been cut down to be shorter. Uh, well, it was shorter. Odds are you got to see an yeah. extended cut when you watched it. Because when it was being released, uh, there were mm. two different extended cuts. Mm. So, if you uh, saw Jake Sully on Earth, mm-hmm. it was an extended cut. Okay, so I'm pretty I, sure. So, I watched the extended cut then. But, uh, yeah, it, it, at, at some point, when when you start learning about the about the whalers on on Pandora, uh, it, you start to get, like, little... Bits and pieces of the original Avatar plot kind of sinking their kind of sneaking their way in into this movie, and at that point, I was starting to check out because it's a story I've seen before, and I, I wanted to get back to the stuff that I wanted to see. The there there are a bunch of other things in there, like like the importance of a family unit, what it means to be a father, what what it means to uh, be a family, and there's all all these little things in there that you get going far as far back as as the Titanic, where. It's the first James Ken movie that I can remember seeing and thinking, ah, looks boring. But then once you watch it, you get enveloped into the environment and into the characters. The music kind of amps everything up and, and makes a more cohesive and immersive world. Uh, you get a lot of the same things with uh, Avatar 1 and Avatar 2. Yeah, a lot of people have said this, and I feel like I agree with it, that most of the things that feel like um, you're sort of nature documentary aspects of the movie of exploring Uh the way the world works there's some of the stuff that i sunk into the hardest right um the i guess it it is whaling but whatever the the creatures are called that jake sully's son bonds with Uh uh the one that is an outcast that was the most impactful story for me that was the thing that i kept waiting to get back to right and uh what do you think of Spider? Spider, uh, I like, I like his character so far. Uh, this is there. There are already two more movies in in the works, and I feel like they've they've only just started to develop his character. So I can't say exactly how I feel about him until those other movies come out. Yeah, I feel like I I'm really hoping that this story is not going the direction that it looks like it's going right now. Right. I would much rather instead of having a round three, uh, between Jake Sully and uh, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Um, I really like that actor. It just keeps mm-hmm. happening with this movie for some reason. Sam Worthington. I can remember that name. You know. Yeah. Last time I, I saw Sam Worthington. Yeah. Uh, last time I saw Sam Worthington in a movie, it was Avatar, one. Mm. Well. I think there are great performances all around, but I will say that what I'm hoping happens in Avatar 3 mm-hmm. is Stephen Lang's character goes on more of an arc of his own, having to learn to appreciate certain aspects of the world that he's underestimated, mm-hmm. and he has to learn to survive on Pandora. Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit of that in this, a little bit of a tease that they took advantage of resources in order to like in mingle and you know gain footing on the ground right but i would like to see that those characters sort of age out of vengeance Mm -hmm. if their sons are going to 
go the way it looks like it's going and age into vengeance. But you know, uh, Sam Worthington and 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 uh, Zoe Saldana do uh, give 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 really nice per- per- performances. I really like Zoe Saldana as Sam 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 Worthington's mate in this one. I can never remember her her name though. Mm. But uh, just uh, you know, there there are a bunch of shots in in, in here that are. That are ab- absolutely gorgeous. The one, the the standout one that I can think of is is a uh, Loak with uh, the uh, the uh, creature that has just saved him, uh, swimming back to the uh, Water People tribe, mm-hmm. and you get this beautiful uh, shot from the bottom that very reminiscent of of a, of a shot from Waterworld, where where you have a uh, uh, him and and this well creature kind of spinning with the sun shine with 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 the sun shining down. To, uh, down, down on them. I, a lot of this actually might be influenced by by Waterworld. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I can understand because of like the water, the ship combat, and, mm-hmm. and if you just replace some of the ship's creatures and whatnot. But, uh, well, there, <laughs> there are shades there. But I feel right. like once you're gonna have a big action set piece set mm-hmm. on water with ships. There's only so much that you you can do with it. You're gonna end up feeling like one movie or another, whether it's like something like Battleship or something more like Waterworld. It's gonna mm-hmm. be like something. Yeah. So I I can't say that that's not being original. I just think that's a consequence of I don't know yeah. limitations. I, I it's just it's there's there's weird that there's so much that they could be doing, and yet the movie is so simplified down to focusing on a couple of main stories. Yeah. And yet, there's so many characters. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I don't know. Like things that I didn't like about it, I, I don't. As much as I, as much as like Stephen Lang's character, I don't like that they found out this really weird way to bring him back. Like apparently, like they cloned him and took his memories and implanted him into this avatar thing. It, it just, I, I think I, I, I would have liked it better if, if you gave more a, 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 a like a, just a new villain that did that didn't have the exact same motivations in the last film and give, just give me something new. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's, it kind of is the way of avoiding it just being a copy of avatar because clearly what they had going on in the background was the whaling mm-hmm. hunting, yeah, which would have been straight up a copy of avatar. Yeah. With the unobtainium while, and all that. Yeah, while some military personnel grew to have a grudge with Jake Sully. I mean, like, that would have been a copy. Yeah. Having a continuation of it, I, I think it makes sense. I agree that the way they went about it is a little bit odd. I think you could have done it in more of a he had a son you didn't know about on Earth who wanted to live up to his father and was in the Marines and now mm-hmm. is older kind of thing. Yeah. But, so he shows up, like, in his Avatar and when they see him as a human, they'd have some moment of recognition or something like that. Like, I, yeah, I, the character spider feels weirdly plugged into me. And I feel like if you had combined the idea of the spider character and mm-hmm. the Stephen Lang character, yeah, you would have had one whole character that makes sense, like an avatar that grows to know them. That you then find out is just trying to bide his time and get close for revenge and then is outcast, but then he knows their world and knows how to track them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And what did you think of Sigourney Weaver's, like, de-aged thing? 
I actually didn't. I it didn't bother me. Like it, it, it looked pretty it didn't natural to me. Me at all. Some people are commenting, like noticing that the voice is digitally altered. I did not. I didn't pick notice up that on anything. I, I didn't notice anything. Uh, like remotely weird. Uh, they did a really good job make, making her match her her. Uh, two thousand twelve. So nine. Two two thousand nine. So gotta keep. <laughs> so like it, it, uh, the the work they they did with her, I'm fine with. Uh, I'm I'm. A storyline that I that I, I that I got in, invested in that I got no closure on was uh was 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 Sigourney Weaver's daughter's character. Uh, they 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 set her up for something big to happen that I thought was going to be paid off in this movie. It's, it looks like it's going to be paid off in future films where oh you know she you know Sigourney Weaver plays her daughter. I did not know that. <laughs> That's what I meant by the de aging. Ah. Yeah, so no, guess, I, yeah, you did not notice anything weird about absolutely that. Absolutely not. That was Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but still, like like with, with that character though. Yeah. Like the like like there's a, yeah, like, telegraphed like, so hard. Like, oh it's it's uh it's epilepsy. It's like it's mm-hmm. okay, it's not epilepsy. We get it. Now just tell us what it is. Oh no. We have to wait till the ending, and then that was the surprise. Is they it, that was not the ending? <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, so, uh, she can't plug back into the life tree again. Uh, okay, so she's gonna plug back in at, at some point, and it's gonna save everyone. And no, they're saving that for a future film, I guess. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm like, uh, excited for that too. That thread has been going. She had a bizarre connection with the tree, anyways. Uh-huh. And then you have what happened to her character, and then she was absorbed into the tree. And right. I think that was bizarre because she is a human and was not therefore supposed to be. I have to rewatch Avatar yeah. in order to remember all of this. But there is something unique and special going on about that character. And it, mm-hmm. in a sort of very naturalistic chosen one way where that's normally a trope. But you're right. getting to see them lay the groundwork of building something like that up. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 as far as like, like Christian allegory goes, very much like a Jesus character is is what I'm getting. Like, like you have a an, an immaculate birth. No one knows who, yeah. who the father is, assuming there is a father. Uh, she's and... yeah, yeah. She's uh, more in tune with with uh, with with uh, the planet than 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 other Navi are. Like, there's just a whole bunch of threads that we that got pulled on but never paid yeah, off. That's Literally, with the survival of, well, spoilers, because it's a spoiler podcast, with the survival <laughs> of Stephen Lang's character, mm-hmm. there is one death, and it's a character that is born in the movie. Yeah. So the characters begin and end, having gone through something that significantly makes them feel more for the planet, but in terms of telling a story, leaves characters roughly in the same position they were at when the movie started three hours ago. Yeah, pretty much. As, as as far as pacing goes, what what did you think of 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 the film? Is there stuff that you uh, that, that, that that probably could have been trimmed out a bit to to cut down I on mean, time? The, always, I feel like there is. I, mm-hmm. I'm hard pressed to think right now because I feel like a lot of it was just letting scenes breathe and letting mm-hmm. you enjoy things. But I feel like the second or third time I watch this movie, I'm going to appreciate the scenery, but I'm not going to sit through the entire movie in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Right. The entire beginning. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same. You could have just opened up with him 
having a family. You didn't have to go through the whole visual es- escapade just, of, of the ever-growing family. Just do one 30-second scene of some narration and cut out the rest of the narration where Jake Sully says, life can be perfect, but it can be go- that perfection, that, that feeling of happiness can be gone in a heartbeat. And they see mm-hmm. that people are landing. And when the people land, you cut right into an action sequence that is the one where the brothers go where they're not supposed to go. Right. And then because that doesn't go well, they leave. They don't spend a bunch of time doing recon on the old space and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have that scene so that you can establish the younger characters so you can have the same impact, mm-hmm. but you really don't need that at all. Uh, right. You could, you could put a different version of that scene that briefly foreshadows spiders connection to Stephen Lang Mm-hmm. But I think there's just all of that is completely unneeded for the story that is going to happen that doesn't really start until they are accepted into the water tribe. Right. Oh. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I I think I generally agree with 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 everything there. Uh there's not a like there's there's not a whole lot in in this movie that I could, that I can really like pick at and say I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, like the the score. Pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the score worked pretty well. Uh, you have some new things in there, plus like a re uh, a revamp of, of the original Avatar score. Uh, theme music, which uh, I always appreciate. You know, despite not seeing Sam Worthington in a bunch of stuff lately, I, it, it's nice to see him back and doing something. Uh, I, I I there's. I could possibly see myself going back to watch this. It, it might make rewatching Avatar uh, slightly more uh, of of a thing for me. But like anything that I would want to get out of Avatar is in Avatar too. So yep, yeah. That's this definitely felt like a huge. Like I I keep saying this over and over again that it feels a huge something. Right. And I don't know how to explain it. It's it's by the time you've swelled things to the moment that they're all connected to the tree. It just feels like a giant branching core story. And it feels like we've seen one branch. So it feels Mm -hmm. like a story that's larger than our life and going and playing in the water and feeling that, sense of relaxed fun combined mm-hmm. with the sort of adventure that kicks off mm-hmm. i mean i'd rewatch the whole movie probably again just to get the sequence where uh the outcast whale just belly flops onto the ship <laughs> yeah that whole sequence was absolutely amazing like i thought it was cheerworthy nobody was cheering so i restrained myself but that was an absolute blast and that's what i was hoping it would be and then came the emotion and that really made this work very well for me so i I, i'm definitely going to watch this again this feels like a movie that is yeah a movie to be watched yeah i i think something that that this hits home far more like 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 far far more than in 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 avatar one is is the sense of, of of adaptation and and learning of of, mm. a, of a different culture and 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 you know working together to form peace that's that's much oh. more of a theme in this one i think than in the original and i i think that is 
that is that concept of working together again it's that speech about water i i have a gut feeling that these sequels are called the way of water the way of fire the way of air the way of earth (laughs) get all the avatar elements in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i feel like i feel like they're all natural elements of a living space Mm -hmm. okay and I feel like we've probably seen the way of air in the first avatar. So if the sequels two, three, and four do end up being like fire and, and earth, mm-hmm. um, I just, I wouldn't be surprised. It feels like this chapter was them migrating to learn this about the world. The next chapter will be them migrating to learn something else about the world. And you have these concepts of terrain that is different Mm-hmm. So we've been to the forest and we've been flying between rocks and we've been all over the jungle. Now we've been to the depths of the ocean. I feel like moving to like an industrial desert mm-hmm. is one. And I feel like a sort of mountainous volcano or some again you just push that industry a little bit further and you end up with refined steel and people working and building and then you have this big yeah. blowout war you have the way of fire mm-hmm. yeah so, I, like the, the yeah. only thing that i hope they 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 do further on is is i hope they slowly start to edge out the the, the military aspect of all this because it, it 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 as much as it may seem like like it 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 would be natural that 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 the U.S. military or the world military would would be doing this to a different planet. It just feels so stock that I I prefer almost anything else. Well, I just think there is something core believable and like it's uh, almost universal about the idea of industry versus nature, right? And so I don't feel like you're ever going to totally lose that element. And I think the easiest thing is is going to be military. Right. Um. You have private contractors. You have the marine biologist in this one. You have, um, Giovanni Ribisi in the in the first one. But you uh-huh. have, you know, that you have to have a motivation for doing it. And and that is the, if that whole idea is, is what you generate versus you just embracing what is naturally there. Uh-huh. Then that's going to be a through line that makes all of this one big story worth telling. Right. So I think if you remove, if you switch it to being an opposing force, that's natives that want industry versus allowing the world to be what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's six of one really. Yeah, I guess, <clears throat> but I guess it wouldn't be just saying that like all humans are trying to destroy everything. And I don't know. Yeah. So, hey. Anyway, I I think that's all I got to say about about Way of Water. So, yep. Thanks again for uh, watching uh, another episode of This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Uh, Be sure to stop by by the website to check out other podcasts, such as the Debbie the Light, uh, the Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, the uh, This Week at the Movies Podcast, hosted by Eric and Matthew Fox. And uh, we hope to see you again. Uh, with that being said, I am Curtis. You can follow me at 90sGamer407 on Twitter and on Twitch at Merrick underscore Tainment. I'm Eric. You can find me at HighContrastFLM or on YouTube at High-Contrast. All right. How do we take this out? 
I want to do one of those squeals from Avatar, but I don't know. I guess.